Hey there, welcome to the Refuge Podcast. We're a podcast of Crossroads Community Church here in Nampa, Idaho. And here at the church, we believe in being a place of refuge, transformation, and partnership with God. My name is Charlie, and I'm a pastor at Crossroads. And I'm Lisette, and I'm also a pastor at Crossroads. And you're um, joining us again in our spare bedroom as we're recording this podcast and our third week of doing church completely online. So thanks for joining us, listening to the podcast, but also we would love for you to join us on Sundays or anytime throughout the week. We're leaving the service up and you can watch it at crossroadsnampa.com on our online campus page. We would love to have you join us for some worship and encouragement from Pastor Jim. But yeah, we get to listen to Pastor Jim today. He's talking about paths on this Palm Sunday. And for me growing up, Palm Sunday, we actually would have things with actual palms. And I grew up Episcopalian, so Palm Sunday was kind of a, a big deal where things would change and we would do stuff. So I know for me, it feels a little bit weird to not go to church on Palm Sunday or even this, this Holy Week leading up to Easter. Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy time we're living in and uh, not being able to meet together is probably throwing a lot of people off. It feels really strange to not be headed to church. I talked to my sister earlier today and she was making breakfast and she had the service playing. She's like, I just have to watch the service. So it feels like Sunday, even though she'd seen the whole service through the process of making it this week, but uh, probably multiple times even, but she's like, I'm just watching the service. So it feels like Sunday and it's just a crazy time for everybody. Well, and I think so many of us were hoping that this wouldn't um, be continuing and we would actually be able to have Easter services or Good Friday services. And we are going to be having a special thing for Good Friday. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what Good Friday is going to look like this year. Yeah, Good Friday is going to be really exciting. We're doing an interactive, it's a devotional online, but I don't know if you really want to call it a devotional. It's almost a treasure hunt, really. But it's just, uh, they have scriptures and we're doing Stations of the Cross. So every station has a scripture and then there's an activity and a prayer that goes with it. So you look up the scripture and read it with whoever you're with or by yourself, whatever you might be doing. And then um, you do the prayer part together and then you do the activity together. So it's usually take a picture and share it on social media um, at one of our hashtags or um, at Crossroads Nampa. So it's it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be a good way to get together. And then we're ending the day 7 p.m. We're doing a Facebook Live with Pastor Jeff and Beth. And uh, they'll be leading us through communion. So we'd love to have you join us um, for the devotional, or if not for that, or both uh, to do communion all together. So Yeah, so we're still celebrating. And the cool thing is, this has really given us a chance, and Jim talks a little bit about this in his message, that the church is continuing on, that the church does not quit. In fact, actually, we're seeing that this is really what the church is. We get to gather on Sunday. Um, we get to have our leadership in terms of our pastors and um, leading us and, and, and making a service. But in all honesty, the church is so much bigger than that. It's what you guys are doing at home um, with your families, with your friends, with your children. And we get to continue to do that and celebrate this Holy Week, this week where we celebrate the fact that Jesus came, he died, and then he rose. And we're going to celebrate that this Sunday with Easter as well. Yeah. So let's go ahead and take a listen to what Jim has to say. Hello. Welcome, church. Welcome back to uh, our living room. Dorian and I are excited to invite you back again. Um, I would say it's good to see you. I wish I could. Um, hopefully it's good to see us. Uh, we, uh, we received a, a message last week. Someone said, I, I enjoyed watching the service. And then I virtually walked through the foyer and hugged all my friends. Uh, I felt that with him. Maybe you do too. I'm looking forward to being back together with all of you. This is an interesting path that we find ourselves on. It's a, 
it's a path that we haven't quite ever walked before, and we're not quite sure where it's leading. But the interesting thing about a crisis like we're experiencing now, it's also an opportunity. It's an opportunity to see what's really important and maybe some things that we could live without if necessary. They're interesting times. It's an interesting path. I, I think about paths here in Idaho. I've been up in the mountains of Idaho and I've wandered about the woods at times and I've discovered something that when doing so, when you come across a well-worn path, somehow it gives you a sense of comfort. Others have been here before. There's a direction to go. You know, um, paths can make you feel like you're going somewhere, even if you don't know where that somewhere is. Uh, the painting behind me is, is by the Idaho artist Robert Moore. Uh, one of the reasons that uh, Dory and I have that on our mantle is because of the path. The path reminds us of the journey that God's taken us on. I've uh, dabbled a bit myself uh, with art, and I painted this path uh, of Sun Valley, uh, a, a time I was up there, and, and I got to thinking about that. I, why did I paint the path? Um, I think the path gives us a sense of direction. So I, I thought I'd play with it a little bit. I, I digitally uh, uh, changed it, and I took the path out. And when you look at it from that angle, all of a sudden the feeling is, well, I guess claustrophobic. I don't know the way out. So when you look back at the path, there's a sense of freedom, a sense of, well, okay, I think we're going somewhere. Uh, paths are important in the Bible, they're throughout. If you just Google, or just look at the word, or even Google the word, how many times does path appear in the Bible? Many, many times. Um, but th there's a, a lot of different places, but some of those paths, like the Via Maris, it was a road, but it was a road that connected Europe, Asia, and Africa. And right in the center was a little place called Capernaum, where Jesus spent most of his ministry time. You see, whatever happened there went out into all the world. It was a very crucial path. In fact, that was the place that Jesus sent his disciples out into all the world to preach the gospel. And it changed the world. There was also the, the wide path and narrow path that Jesus referred to. He said, wide is the road to destruction and narrow is the path that leads to life or salvation. When you look at the areas that he was teaching in, the wide path in the north was the Via Maris. It was where all the armies of the world marched through and all of the influences of their culture came to. Uh, but when you go to Jerusalem, when you go to the place where God uh, dwelt with his people, the path is narrow. Uh, you didn't go through Jerusalem, you went to Jerusalem. And so he uses that as an illustration uh, of what it means to, to not let the influences of the world uh, change us. There's the path that goes from Jericho to Jerusalem, the path that a Jewish man at one point fell uh, to thieves and robbers. The religious people walked by him. They didn't want to be dirtied or sullied by him. Finally, a Samaritan, a Gentile, takes care of him. And it's a story about a time of crisis and of great generosity and sacrifice. Uh, there's another path, the path, uh, the, the road to Emmaus, which is essentially just a path, where after the death of Jesus, two disciples were walking back discouraged, and Jesus joins them. 
And he taught them not only that he had been raised from the dead, but that he would be with them forever. You see, there's something about a path in the Bible. Paths uh, teach us uh, that we need to be an influence. They teach us to stay faithful. They teach us to love our neighbor and to sacrifice for one another. They teach us that Jesus walks with us and never leaves us. Palm Sunday is about a path. That's what celebrate, is celebrated throughout the world today, Palm Sunday. It's Passion Week. It's the week that Jesus enters into Jerusalem. And he enters on a path, a well-worn path. He's come up here from Galilee, spent most of his time there. And so the crowd that approaches with him are mostly from the Galilee. In fact, you'll notice in the passage that I'll read that those in Jerusalem didn't necessarily know who he was. And so they were excited. But major decisions were made on this path. And the decisions oftentimes had to do with which direction to go on that path. And those decisions were a matter of life and death. And so Jesus uses this path during Passion Week, going back and forth between the city and the Mount of Olives where he and his disciples stayed. Let me read the story of him coming into the city found in Matthew 21. And if you have your Bibles, turn there with me. If you don't, you can Google that, Matthew 21. I'm gonna start reading in verse eight. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of them and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people all around him were shouting, praise God for the son of David, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds, probably the ones who came with him from the Galilee, replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in the Galilee. You see, this path was used by Jesus. Why? Well, if you go back to 2 Samuel chapter 15, you'll discover that this is the same path David, King David used when Absalom, his son, took over the throne by force. And the description of David going over the same path, over the Mount of Olives, out into the wilderness, it sounds a whole lot like the week of Jesus in the Gethsemane. David is described as having grief and falling down and mourning. And when you look at the passages describing Jesus, you'll see some of those same exact descriptions on this same path. Author and uh, theologian and geographer Jack Beck talks about this path. And he said, from Jerusalem, it's only a 40-minute walk into the wilderness where David went to hide from Absalom. Jesus could have done that very same thing. He could have crested the hill. He could have gone out east into the wilderness and avoided the pain that inevitably faced him, but he didn't. Jack also noticed that had Jesus done that, he would have taken our opportunity for salvation and forgiveness with him, but he didn't. Jesus faces a crisis. A crisis of faith? Yes. You know, the Chinese have a word for crisis that is made up of two characters. The first character is danger. The second character is the word juncture, 
like an intersection, a place where you have to decide where I'm going to go. Am I going to go to the left or to the right? And so it's been interpreted as dangerous opportunity. This is a crisis. It's a difficult situation, but it's also an intersection or an opportunity for a new direction. We face a crisis as a world, as a nation, in the same way. It's a dangerous opportunity. It's dangerous because we don't know what to do. We've never faced this before, but it's also an opportunity. It's a time of decision. Spiritually speaking, we come to a juncture in our lives where our next steps will determine our destiny, and they may very well bring life to others. Let me read the story that happens on the Mount of Olives. It's found in Matthew chapter 26, and I'm gonna read beginning in verse 36 through 46. 26, 36. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, or the Mount of Olives. And he said, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your to be, will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even for one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you'll not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. And then he came to his disciples and said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's get going. My betrayer is here. Who is his betrayer? Judas, one of the 12 disciples. And guess what? He took the same path that Jesus had been taking all week. And Jesus was led down that same path into the city and by 9 a.m. the next morning, he was nailed to a cross for you and me. He faced the crisis of death so that you and I would not have to. And then he invites us on a path when he says to you and me, come, follow me. It's an invitation when he asks us to do that. It's an invitation to abundant life. Crisis is a dangerous opportunity to follow him. It was our sin he died for and his life he invites us into. All we have to do is admit our sin and to give thanks for his forgiveness and we can start a new path today. You see, there's something about paths. We will all come to a juncture in life and usually it will be dangerous. It will be a matter perhaps even of life and death. Never waste a crisis. <laughs> Decisions are made here that will change your life forever. And they may actually change others' lives as well. I think that's what the prophet Jeremiah meant when he said, this is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. 
travel its path and you will find rest for your soul. This path leads us out of the woods, out of the confinement and bondage in our lives. And like the path Jesus walked on Palm Sunday, the hard thing ended up being the right thing to do. And because he did, we are alive. Don't waste a crisis. Use it to choose the path that leads to life. <laughs> now unto him. who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, both now and evermore. And all God's people said, I'd like to just pray a closing prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you that you are with us and you never leave us. Lord, we face a time of crisis. Would you help us see what matters and what doesn't matter? Thank you for facing uh, a crisis on your own for our own benefit. We receive the forgiveness that you facing that crisis brought about. We receive that forgiveness from sin that you made available to us. Now, Lord, help us to face crisis as an opportunity for life, not just our life, but for the lives of others. May we live our lives in such a way that it not only gives honor to you, but it actually helps others, we pray. In the name of Christ, Jesus, our Lord. Amen. God bless you. You know, it's funny. He was talking about paths and uh, Lisette and I, like I said, we were supposed to be going to Israel. We said that last week and obviously in the midst of this pandemic that was canceled and, but we had done a lot of work on maps. And, you know, last week we talked about this elevation, the fact that Jesus is using actual altitude to change their attitudes and it was really cool to me, these paths that he's talking about this week, the, the Via Maris, and these huge paths through this uh, land, you know, because Israel itself is this kind of land in between. It had a lot of highways that people would use, and how cool it is that when we see that these paths, that people had to make decisions, and we have come to a crossroads, right? Our name is Crossroads, and we get to choose in the midst of this crisis which path that we're going to take. Yeah, I mean, it's a great uh, picture that Jim draws. Last week it was... Um this week it's paths. I mean, that we're, we're choosing this direction that we're going to take. And we come to this decision of Jesus. Is he going to take the path of pain? Is he going to take the path of sacrifice or is he going to take the way out? And obviously we know what Jesus chose. And then, you know, Jim does a beautiful turn and applies that to us. What are we going to choose right now during this season? How are we going to take this time? Yeah. And we talked about again that a little bit last week. Are you using, and we, you know, not to guilt you until you need to learn another language in this quarantine time, but, are we using this time to choose fear and choose, mm -hmm. you know, really being afraid and worried, or are we choosing faith? Are we choosing the path that, that he has laid out, this path of the godly that, that was talked about in the scripture that Jim shared? I thought that was really cool. 
Yeah, I mean, it is really cool. It's cool to look at where the church is at right now. It's cool to imagine what could be in the future, even as we're in this dark time. The world is having a, obviously, the whole world is having a really difficult time. There's dark things going on. People are dying. There's there's real tragedy around us. And yet, in the midst of that, God is doing something. I really believe He is. And and what what could the church look like after this is over? I mean, could we see a church that is empowered? Could we see a church where people aren't relying on pastors to be the ones to reach their friends? Could we see a church where people are um, feeling equipped to reach out to people uh, with the gospel? Could we see a church that isn't reliant on a Sunday meeting to really, you know, they're not coming in going, hey, I need to get filled up. They're coming in saying like, hey, we're coming together to worship and to celebrate, but this is just, this is just the icing on the cake. This isn't, this isn't what it really is. Church goes so far beyond this. And I'm, that's my hope for the church. And I think, I think God can do that during this time where we're stripping away and we're also going, Hey, what's really important. I love, I love that Jim brought that up. So I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah. And if you're an attender of Crossroads, I hope that, uh, that you were encouraged, but also that you were challenged. I know I was challenged by what pastor Jim was sharing. And if you are not a Christian, if you're listening to this and you're just searching, understand that there is a path that leads to life and that that path uh, was paid for because Jesus chose the path that led to his pain, but to our freedom. And that's why we are so engaged in worshiping this Jesus because he has been so good to us that he chose his love for us over the path and the pain. Yeah. And we're going to look forward this next week to celebrating Easter together. We'll be back next week to talk about the message from, from Easter. And we're just really excited to celebrate that together as a church. So you guys take care, stay safe out there. Um, and we'll see you next week.